0: Hey, um, just the same sentiment as Scott's expressed. It's a real joy to be able to actually start getting together again, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. Um, and we're going to take this season while we can. Um, and uh, not not knowing what's coming down the road a little bit, but we're going to grab this window while it's open and make the most of it. All righties? So if you've got your Bible, I want you to um, grab it or get your app ready. We're going to read shortly from Philippians chapter 4. And, but this afternoon, or this morning, I want us to, um, uh, firstly, I've got to remember I'm actually talking to people, not a camera. <laughs> it's just strange. This is weird. It's like four months of actually speaking to a non-responsive camera is very different to actually seeing you guys. It's, it's very special. Um, we're going to read from Philippians chapter four, and we're going to pick up in verse four in a minute. But this morning what I want us to do is um, start to think a little bit about the longevity, the long reality of the kingdom life. And the season that we are in right now here is a, um, it's been four months. And for some of us, the reality of that four months has felt like way longer. A, because it's, You know, we haven't been able to see family or friends. We've been restricted in our travel. There's just been all sorts of um, uh, restriction that's made us feel like this has been a very long, protracted reality. Well, I've got news for you. We're in a marathon. (laughs) We are in a marathon. And I, and I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to think about this moment in time like it's a marathon race, but... You'll know that along the way in marathons, that what they have is water stations. They have water stations because athletes need, at given points, to make the long distance. They need to replenish along the way, and so you know, using the running analogy, there's water stations, and the water they have it. Uh, when my son Luke was doing triathlons. He would, he would strap onto his um, bike because he would do the 1.5K swim and then he would do the 40K ride and then a 10K run. But during the ride, he would strap onto his um, bike these little satchels that would um, help re-energize his body, these little gels, they would call them. And so when he started to feel exhausted because he was pushing so hard, he'd take this little gel and it would just infuse his system again and he would be right for the next leg. Well, I, I think we need to, in this season, really think about and understand an approach to kingdom living in our world right here and now with a sense of longevity. And it's a long race, but this is we are in a water station moment. And so I want to encourage you in this season to drink deeply of the presence of God when we're together. Drink deeply when we're together in the presence of God like this, okay? Um, So right now with all of the um, challenges of the COVID-19 epidemic and all of that that's associated with it, um, I want us to use this phrase and it's a phrase that was coined by a guy called Eugene Peterson and he's written a book and it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction a long obedience in the same direction, and that direction is following Jesus, keeping him in our field of vision at all times. Nicole and I have been reflecting lately that it's only, well, it's only been 20 years since we joined this church. We've only been here 20 years. But 17 years ago, Jesus gave us an outstanding vision of his very presence, his very self coming and making himself known to us and calling us to follow him. And that very vision has kept us on this road together. And Jesus, when we met with him 17 years ago, when we took on the role of leading this church, he said those two little instructions to us, stay close to me and keep up with what I'm doing. It was an invitation to intimacy and nearness, and participation, and I want to remind us of that again this morning as we start to gather again like this. Understand this: the mo- the move of God that's taking place in the world right now, because there is one taking place. The Spirit of God is being poured out on all flesh all over the earth. This move of God that's taking place is not happening just in the church; it's happening through the church. You've got to understand that God's on about the kingdom. He's building the kingdom and he's building it through his people, the church. There's a move happening and God's inviting us to go the long road with him. Now, the water station is usually a spot in the long run of a marathon where you get the water and usually the person giving you the water, they will say a few little words of encouragement to you like, keep going. You're doing great. Head up. Drop your shoulders. It's going to be okay. Breathe. Remember, breathe. And you get all these little verbals, these little encouragements or exhortations along the way. And this morning, I want us to pick up in Philippians chapter four, because Paul gives, and we're just going to pick up on three, three really significant exhortations to help us make the fruitful journey with King Jesus in the earth, and so let me let me give you the backstory. Paul's writing this letter to one of his church plants in Philippi. He's writing it from prison, and he's writing it to a people who are experiencing difficulties for um, they're taking. Um, uh, giving their allegiance to Jesus as Lord firstly because they've said Caesar isn't Lord Jesus is and that was a really radical thing to do but they were experiencing a persecution on a number of fronts from religious groups were persecuting these Jesus people they were known as the people of the way they weren't even known as the church at that point the ecclesia they were just called they're the people of that way that way of Jesus his way, they were known as the people of the way. So they were getting religious persecution, they were being socially ostracised, and everywhere they went, they would cause social unrest, believe it or not. Because Paul, when he's writing to these guys, he's remembering back to a few, um, Acts chapter... Uh, 19. Go and have a read of that. And when Paul went to town and he started talking all of a sudden about Jesus, all of a sudden it was like everyone, like riots took place. (laughs) It's quite incredible the kingdom collision that happens when Paul writes or speaks. So he's writing to the Philippians. This is their backstory. Grab your Bible. Let's read together. It's titled Final Exhortations. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me put it into practice and the god of peace will be with you so i just want to pick up on a couple of exhortations if we're going to make the long the long distance journey of bringing the kingdom into the earth even as the holy spirit's being poured out the first thing paul says hey guys in your challenging circumstances, rejoice in the Lord. And it's interesting, he says it twice. In other words, sometimes we need—we don't hear things the first time, do we? It's like when someone says something, we're like, hey, what? I heard something, but I don't know what I heard. Paul's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says to the people of Jesus, do it again. He doubles down on the encouragement of the exhortation. And the centrality of the joy that Paul is encouraging the church to, the people of Jesus to, is to rejoice in letting the celebration of your life focus be the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in your circumstances. Paul's writing from prison (laughs) That's not an uncomfortable experience. The people are under the pump. and Paul says, "Hey, get your eyes on Jesus. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's demanding. But yes, let your the, the centrality of your life's joy and encouragement be Jesus and Jesus alone. Um, the Christian focus of Jesus as Lord, he's saying, Rejoice in the fact that Christ rose from the dead. When your circumstances are big and pressing in and challenging you on many, in many ways, remember that Jesus rose from the dead. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in the fact that he is now given all power, all authority over heaven and earth, and he gives it to you and to me. Rejoice in him. And his authority. Rejoice in the fact that there are people all around you, even in your own life and your own families, who are being set free by the power of the Holy Spirit and set free from the, from the law of sin and death. God is setting people free into the kingdom. You see, the Christian, the distinctive of the Christian life is one where Our rejoicing, our joy is based in a person, not a circumstance. Our source of joy is Jesus. Where in this last week have you taken the time to intentionally take your eyes off what is demanding your attention and turning it to Christ? See, you have the capacity to do that. You and I have the capacity and the freedom, and particularly for those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, the ability to actually say to those things that are demanding our attention as a source of our life and joy and say no to them and turn our attention to Jesus. We have that authority. Where have you and I done that this week? What circumstances have been so big and so loud in your life that have wanted to tell you that that circumstance is Lord and not Jesus. Paul said it twice. So when you and I feel like the circumstance is louder and bigger than the voice and the reality of Jesus, we need to hear it again. Paul says it twice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Do it a couple of times. In other words, where you don't see the kingdom the first time, look again and look again and listen again and listen again for the Holy Spirit. God is alive and at work among us. So that's the first little exhortation that Paul would want to give to all of us as we're following Jesus on the long road of kingdom obedience. The second one is this. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. It's a very interesting kind of word that Paul's using there. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's really easy to love some people? Some people that's just like, they are easy to love. They're easy to be around. They're easy to have around you. They're easy to want to spend time with. There's grace. There's a grace there. Paul says, very interestingly enough though, he says, let your gentleness be seen and be evident to all people. Let it be for everyone. In other words, be gracious to all of those people that are easy to love. Be gracious and gentle towards all of those people who it is hard to love. And the third part of that one is be gracious and gentle even towards those people who are intentionally choosing to want to make it hard for you to love them. I might be the only one with people like that in my life, but there's a lot of smiles and nods I'm getting right now. I think Paul's saying the light, be encouraged guys, the kingdom witness of the people of Jesus in the earth is that there is this capacity and forbearance and grace and kindness of God on the people of Jesus to live a noble life that chooses to love every person, the easy to loves, the hard to loves and those who are trying to make it hard to love them. I get plenty of that. It's like, you know, it's just people's broken stuff. Like, don't come near me, you know. They're just threatened by the love of Jesus in actually coming and touching their life. I remember one time, I was some, some friends of mine who were followers of Jesus. They were going through a very difficult ser- series of circumstances. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Kirk, get some bread, get some juice, and go and knock on their door. And so without invitation, I just turned up. And as I turned up, they looked at me, and I was holding bread and juice, and they could see what I'd come for. I was like, we're going to break bread and remember Jesus together. And Jesus was the last thing they wanted to remember. But I was there to remind them. It wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable. But in the moment where we finally got around the table together and broke bread together and just asked, God, would your kindness and kingdom come and help us? There was a great sense of tears and freedom and healing. And the goodness of God touched their life and helped them to continue the journey with Jesus as Lord. Gentleness. Gentleness is not weakness. Please hear that. Gentleness is authority and power and strength under the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing Jesus to people, the one who rose from the dead. Bring gentleness. That's his second encouragement in this, in this season. And the third one I just want to touch on this morning is this. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, this in, in this season, God is inviting us as the Jesus people to be a non-anxious people. We started the year talking and teaching into this. But Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, fretful. Don't give undue concern to things, but how is it that we get, you know, we ha- we can walk and un in, and as non-anxious people in a very anxious world, like if you get up and you turn the radio on in the morning, it's just the big list of all the things that you should be anxious about today. If you get up and turn on the TV, it's the same. It's just constant particularly with the 24-hour news cycle. It's just one thing after the next, after the next, after the next to be anxious about. And, um, And, you know, that stuff does get supercharged because we live in a spiritual environment where the kingdom of darkness takes that as permission to want to hound and oppress all people. But it's in the midst of that that Paul gives a massive tip to the Jesus people. And he says, here's how we deal with anxiety. Now, anxiety is a very real thing for many people that, we rest, that wrestle with this. And it, can, and it can affect us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it can come like a wave. But Paul says, here's the kingdom tip. He says, pray. 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 In every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The kingdom way through anxiety is prayer. Now, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about communion with God. I'm talking about remaining in Jesus. I'm talking about the life of the Spirit filling your belly and flowing up and out of out of your mouth and your life. I'm talking about the one who rules and reigns as your good father, your Lord, your king and your ever-present power in time of need. I'm talking about him who lives in you who is greater than he that's in the world. Prayer is conversation, communion and connection with our God. But Paul describes prayer very powerfully. It's like a coin and a coin has two sides and on one side Paul says... Bring all your petitions to God. Now, I'm good at that. Here's the list, God, today. I need help with this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And it doesn't take me too much energy to actually bring all of my petitions to God. My concerns for my family, for my friends, the people next door and what they're going through. My work environments. i got all this petition. Paul says, bring it. Bring every. that's on your heart to the Lord. Petition the Lord. In other words, hey, Father, are you hearing me? I'd love it if your kingdom came right now on the earth just like it is in heaven. The other side of the coin in your life of prayer to deal with the powers of anxiety, petition and thanksgiving. So So petition the Lord with everything, but then... The other part of a life of practicing prayer and communion is, hey God, I just want to say thank you for everywhere that I have seen you at work. In my life, in the life of the people around me, in, in circumstances, we, we petition and we thank. And Paul says that the fruit of that is, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, and he will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus. See, the heart and the mind are two things. When the holy when when anxiety gets hit comes under the pump. And Paul's saying, hey guys, the way through that is a life of prayer. A life of prayer where we petition God and we thank God. Okay, let's land this plane. Last weekend, I used a quote from C.S. Lewis, and I want to bring that back to your attention right now. But C.S. Lewis said this, God knows our situation. He will not judge us as if we had no difficulty to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and the perseverance of our will to overcome them. We all want progress, but if you're on the wrong road, progress means progress. Doing an about turn, i.e. repentance. Change the way I think about God and turn to him. Progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road and in that case the person who turns back the soonest is the most progressive. Everyone wants to be progressive today. There's a really good quote about being progressive. Progressive. What saves a person is to take a step and then another step. Turn to Jesus. Let him show you his way. Put into play these kingdom exhortations that Paul wrote to the early church and speaks to us in our circumstance right here today, that we would see the kingdom prevail. Rejoice, PRV. I'll say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. And be anxious for nothing, but rather be a people of prayer, of petition and thanksgiving. Let's pray. Why don't we stand and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come. Thanks for the Bible, Lord. Thanks for the, um, our family, uh, you know Paul and the early disciples in Philippi who, who were trying to figure out this journey just in their difficult circumstances, season, just as much as we are. And I thank you that you, Holy Spirit, were there and you're here with us right now. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the risen King leading them and you're the risen King leading us. I just pray now, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come now? We welcome you to minister to the people of Jesus, the ever-present reality of you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with power. Come, Holy Spirit, to every um, anxious thought that has tried to lord our life. We just petition you, God, from that place. We present to you our anxious thoughts and all of the circumstance and the people that are associated with that anxious thought. And we ask for your kingdom to come. Health, health, relationships, provisions, uncertainty. Lord, let your kingdom come. Come, Lord. Every anxious thought, come. Decisions that we need to make right now, Lord, that we've, for some of us in the room right now, it's like there's a, there's, that press, there's a pressure on us right now where we felt like, I need to make some decisions. Lord, let your peace come there. Let your peace reign and rule there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Holy Spirit. Just let the Spirit of the Lord touch you. Let Him fill you again. Let the senses of your body come alive to the living God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There was a picture that came during worship this morning that um, was a picture of like like a mountain where there'd been like a heavy cloud over that mountain. But it was like the Lord was just beginning to breathe over that mountain and the heaviness of that cloud was parting and there was blue sky and there was open heavens just there again and... That's what the Holy Spirit's doing this morning. It's just blowing away the heaviness and restoring the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the heavens are open and your Spirit is being poured out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just speak healing in the name of Jesus to you, to your hearts, to your bodies. Kingdom healing, kingdom power. In Jesus' beautiful name, receive the kingdom of God. And I commission you. In the authority of the name of Jesus, to be the sent people of King Jesus to the world that's desperate. I bless you in the name of Jesus to be filled, to take this very presence that's resting on your hearts and your minds right now. I bless you to take the kingdom of God to the world in which you're living that the world would know the good news of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.